You're listening to Temporary Circumstances, and I'm your host, Alina Sowers, a licensed professional counselor in Ohio. And I'm your co-host, Cora Mayfield, also a licensed professional counselor in the state of Ohio. In this podcast, we're going to share some ideas and things that we've learned that aren't too often talked about in mental health, including some taboo topics, if you will, like death and grief, trauma and PTSD, addictions, and others. We will cover some of the worst things imaginable that happen to people around us every single day and how we can help them get through those difficult times. The opinions on this show are ours only and do not reflect any agency that we work for. Today we're going to talk about trauma. Specifically, we're going to be talking about PTSD or post-traumatic stress disorder. According to the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, which is published by the American Psychiatric Association, the essential features of post-traumatic stress disorder is the development of symptoms following exposure to one or more traumatic events. This can include directly experiencing a traumatic event, so if it were to happen to you, witnessing in person the events as it occurs to others, learning that a traumatic event occurred to a close family member or close friend, or experiencing repeated extreme exposure to adverse details of a traumatic event. This is mostly going to be first responders, police officers, medics, those kinds of people who see the aftermath in detail over and over and over again. So in order to have a diagnosis of post-traumatic stress disorder, according to the DSM, the exposure has to be actual or threatened death, actual or threatened serious injury, or actual or threatened sexual violence. So perhaps a little bit of an easier definition of trauma to understand is an event or an occurrence that made it difficult for you to cope, something that overwhelmed your ability to cope, and something that made you feel less than. So that can be a number of events, as Cora had mentioned, but there are also additional events that can be traumatic for people. Um, So those are your things like bullying or growing up with a parent who had serious mental illness or substance abuse issues. Cora, what are some other ones that you have seen, some other traumatic events that occur? I think it's important to remember that what may not seem traumatic to one person is very traumatic to another person. So in that DSM definition, it says actual or threatened serious injury or death. Um, And while one person may see bullying and not feel like anything is really trauma or threatening, someone else may feel like their life is actually being threatened. So I think it's really important to remember that it's specific to each individual and the way they see the world. Some different examples of things that we could get a PTSD diagnosis from or PTSD responses from would be car accidents. We mentioned first responders, um, obviously veterans, victims of sexual assault, victims of robbery, people who have witnessed someone else get robbed. Those kinds of things can also elicit a PTSD response. Right, right. And uh, Cora, I think you're absolutely correct. And this definitely depends on the person. And I think we've mentioned that uh, briefly in a previous episode. But what someone may find traumatic, um, someone else may not and vice versa. That's definitely important to consider. Um, And especially as you consider yourself too, as people often tend to minimize their own trauma. However, if it was something that overwhelmed your ability to cope, Um, and it's something that you constantly think about, something that was a bad experience, then it was in fact traumatic for you. I get a lot of times people who have experienced a traumatic event, one of the things they say is it's not really trauma because other people have it worse. Yes, 
There's always going to be somebody else who's had it worse. That doesn't mean the experience that you have isn't significant to you and important to work through. I had a um, counseling supervisor once say that there's plenty of trauma to go around. It's not that people don't, one experience is worse than the other and there's a limited amount of trauma. Everybody can experience trauma and we don't need to minimize it and like quantify the amount of trauma that somebody's experienced. Absolutely. So most people, when they think about trauma and post-traumatic stress disorder, they do tend to think about military vets. That's probably the most common thing um, that comes to mind. But as we discussed just now, there is much more to trauma and PTSD than just that. So about 70% of adults experience at least one traumatic event in their lifetime. But it's important to know that not everyone who experiences a traumatic event goes on to develop PTSD. Um, so statistics do vary some on this, but about 20% of people who experience a traumatic event will develop PTSD. One in 11 people will develop PTSD at some point in their lives. Um, so let's talk a little bit more about what those symptoms of PTSD look like and what you should be on the lookout for if you do experience a traumatic event. There's a lot of symptoms that are associated with a post-traumatic stress disorder diagnosis or with trauma-related disorders. But if you're experiencing any of those symptoms, it's important to contact a mental health professional, somebody who's licensed where you live that can help you determine if, in fact, you do have a trauma-related disorder or if you're having trauma-related symptoms. Some of those symptoms can include um, lots of reoccurring memories, uh, some dreams, nightmares, flashbacks. Those are pretty common with a traumatic event. Also avoidance. So trying to avoid either memories, thoughts about the traumatic event or things that remind you of the traumatic event. It can be um, mood problems, some depressive symptoms, some anxiety symptoms, some negative thoughts about ourselves, about the world, about other people are all pretty significant with a, tra with a trauma. Um, the inability to feel good, the inability to have a good time doing things that we used to enjoy, irritable behavior, outbursts, hypervigilance, an easy startle response, trouble sleeping, difficulty concentrating, all of those things are symptoms of trauma. But all of those things have to be looked at as a whole, not individual symptoms. So it's really important to get somebody who understands trauma to help you navigate through that. Another thing is with PTSD, you don't get that immediately after experiencing a traumatic event. A traumatic event basically is an abnormal event that happens and people have a normal response to it. So the response you're having with a traumatic event isn't necessarily abnormal. The event is just so abnormal, we don't have the ability to cope. Immediately, people might feel shock. They might feel numbness. But then they start to establish some of these other symptoms. And for the first month, we wouldn't even diagnose PTSD. We wait at least 30 days before you even can meet the criteria for post-traumatic stress disorder. And, and this also has to do with the fight or flight response um, and freezes also in there. So what often happens is our brain goes kind of haywire after a traumatic experience because we're not used to that amount of stress. 
on us um, and that causes PTSD to develop in some ways. Yeah, Elena just mentioned the freeze and a lot of times we hear people talk about trauma and the memory as they tell it to us isn't the same from this time to the next time or they don't remember details or they remember small details that seem unimportant but they don't remember major things and all of that is normal and part of the freeze mechanism in our brain. Um, freeze oftentimes creates memory gaps. So one other thing that I wanted to mention about this is that one thing we see is that people who have experienced trauma and PTSD tend to develop um, physical illness as well at some point in their lives, especially if the trauma is left untreated. The Adverse Childhood Experiences study had actually looked at this, and this was a huge study um, done in the 90s, and they found that individuals have experienced traumatic events as children were far more likely to develop just about anything from the common cold to heart disease later in life. We're going to pause for just a moment to introduce a book that would be very helpful in understanding trauma and the way trauma affects your body. It's called The Body Keeps the Score. It's by Basil Vanderkolk. Yes, yeah, so this is a fantastic reading. In fact, I often suggest it to others. He really does a great job of, first of all, just explaining what trauma is, what it looks like in the brain, um, what trauma does to the brain, because we do have research that shows that traumatic events can actually alter our brains. And then he also goes on to describe the effects that trauma can have on the body. And he also does a great job of giving you ideas for some treatment options and what kind of treatment to look for if you do seek professional help. So that's The Body Keeps the Score by Basil Vanderkolk. One thing that's important to remember is that statistics surrounding trauma may not be completely accurate. There's a couple of reasons for this. One is reporting. Sometimes people who've experienced a traumatic event don't report that they've experienced it or don't report that their symptoms. They may think that it's something that they can take care of themselves, so nobody around them even knows that they're experiencing trauma. Another reason might be misdiagnosis or a co-occurring disorder where somebody has more than one mental health disorder and the tra trauma symptoms aren't actually recognized. Yeah, I think that's really important because a lot of times, you know, we miss out on that trauma piece and we may be treating the wrong thing, you know, and it would be really unfortunate for someone to spend time in counseling or therapy and really spend all of that time treating the wrong thing. And that could be, you know, because the client is not ready to discuss it yet, which is okay. There's other things we can work on, or it could be due to a clinician's error as well. So just something to keep in mind. Um, PTSD can also look like other disorders too sometimes, such as ADHD, for example, or even anxiety. One thing that I notice sometimes is people come in and want to treat the symptoms, but not actually treat the cause, which is the trauma. So sometimes we'll hear people discuss symptoms of trauma and everything in us is saying, well, it looks like trauma. And the client's like, well, I don't, I don't know of any trauma. And they may actually not remember something or think of it as trauma. But eventually, at some point, in order to deal with all the symptoms, the cause usually has to be discussed. Right. And that's absolutely important um, because otherwise we're just kind of slapping a Band-Aid onto like a big wound. And while that is helpful, it's not actually going to solve um, that trauma that someone's been through. 
a lot of times we see people who've experienced trauma and have PTSD symptoms, but they also have another mental health disorder as well. Um, some of the most common ones that we see are major depressive disorder, our anxiety disorders, and substance abuse. I think that substance abuse with trauma is the most common that I personally see. And it's because that they use the substance in order to try to treat the trauma instead of coming to therapy or going to their doctor. And sometimes they're doing both as well. You know, a lot of times people do try to kind of lessen those symptoms that they're experiencing, and they do tend to be really horrible symptoms. So it makes sense. But one other thing I just wanted to add to that is that suicide is something else that um, we see or suicidal thoughts or behaviors as well. And also self-harm also. That's not necessarily intended to be suicidal, but could be as well. Yeah. In addition to that, we can see things like uh, somatic disorder. So disorders that occur within the body that feels like a medical disorder. One in particular, it's kind of rare, but it's called conversion disorder. We see that with trauma sometimes. Another thing is eating disorders sometimes come with trauma. So th there's lots of different ways that trauma can present itself. Yes, absolutely. Um, so let's, let's talk for just a second about some factors that may lead to developing post-traumatic stress disorder. And there's different theories out there and different people have different viewpoints on this. But in general, I think mental health professionals do agree that several different factors play a role in this. So one of those factors could be just being more biologically prone to mental illness. For example, if maybe you have several family members who have struggled with mental illness, um, that could play a role. The duration and how severe the trauma was, as well as the age at which it was experienced, definitely plays a role. So for someone who may have been abused as a child for five to ten years, they are much more likely to develop PTSD than someone who experienced physical abuse for less time than that, or someone who experienced it in less severity. I want to mention real quick something that is going around the internet right now, and there's a lot of conversation about in trauma communities, in professionals that talk about trauma, and that's called complex PTSD or CPTSD. That's not actually a diagnosis in the DSM right now, but what it alludes to is the fact that you can have a trauma that is experienced either over and over and over again in different situations, or a trauma that lasts for a very long time, and that makes that, that trauma, that ball of yarn that we have in our head that creates these symptoms, much more difficult to unwind. Right. Now, there are a couple things that can also help protect us from developing PTSD. And those are things like resilience and some protective factors. Um, so resilience has to do with your ability to bounce back from a bad, from a bad experience um, and your ability to cope. And then your protective factors could be things like having a great social support network or a supportive family. Um, is there anything else that you can think of, Cora, that plays a role in that? Yeah, so I hear sometimes that people's pets are a big protective factor. Um, she, 
Olina already mentioned family members, children is a lot of times a protective factor. We can have social groups that become a protective factor. Um, even something as simple as working out and feeling the need to go to the gym and keep healthy becomes a protective factor. So one thing that is important to know is that only about 50% of people with PTSD seek professional help. Now, what is even more important than that is that 67% of the people who complete PTSD treatment successfully fully recover. Um, so, you know, very few people, not very few, but about half the people are seeking that treatment. And then about 67% are fully recovered at the end of it. Two widely researched treatments for PTSD is CBT or trauma-focused cognitive behavioral therapy. Another one is EMDR. Both of those are very well researched and have pretty good results. There's many more out there, but those two I in particular use and, and have been well researched. Yeah, so I think, you know, if you have experienced a traumatic event or if you have a loved one or someone you know who's been through a traumatic event um, and you're experiencing any of these symptoms, it's definitely important to come in. The research shows us that we can treat it. You absolutely can get better. Um, so, you know, find a provider who does know about these treatments, who works with trauma and PTSD, and we can help you. It may take some looking for the right counselor, but there is help out there. So that's all we have for this episode. Elaine and I both uh, specialize in trauma, so you'll hear about trauma a lot more if you continue to listen to the podcast. We're going to be posting some statistics specific to trauma on Instagram and other social media, so look for us there. Thanks for listening to Temporary Circumstances. Leave us a review wherever you found us and comment on anything you want to hear more about or have questions on.